Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is one of the most countercultural statements that Jesus makes. It flies in the face of how we want to live and how many of us do live. Blessed, you get a taste of heaven's joy. Blessed, you find the favor over, of God overwhelming your soul. Blessed, when you and I are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. There is joy for us today, but this verse doesn't seem to promise joy as much as command it. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, Jesus said, when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for his name's sake. Not only are we told that we live a blessed life in the face of persecution, but we are told that there is joy for us in this persecution. But do you buy it? I think as we unpack this passage today and as we allow God's Word and His Spirit to speak to our heart, I believe that He will direct us, as He promised, into all truth so that we can see that, yes, God offers us satisfying joy even in the face of persecution. God blesses us even when we are persecuted. Now, a couple of things about this persecution. This persecution is not persecution because you're a jerk. This is not persecution because you run off at your mouth when you should keep it shut. This is not persecution because you're a Republican, nor is it persecution because you're a Democrat. This is persecution for the sake of righteousness. This is persecution for the sake of Jesus Christ. This is persecution 
that comes to us because we follow closely after God, because we live in concert and in sync with His will. This is persecution from people who despise God and see in us the character of Jesus Christ. One of my greatest fears in communicating this passage today is that some will walk away with the idea that this is a political statement about conservative values. Please, right now, reject that idea. This is not a political statement about your or my conservative values. This is a relational statement that describes who we are in Jesus Christ and how we follow after him regardless the political landscape in which we find ourselves. This is a statement that says, if I follow Jesus, I'm ready to die. This is a statement that says, the martyrs of Christians in the history books of the church were blessed and found joy even as they were killed for following after Jesus. So please, let's not dumb down this passage to fit our own comfortable ethic. Let's embrace it wholeheartedly in all of its flavor, and let's savor the truth of God. I contend that this beatitude, two beatitudes here, that these beatitudes speak to us more about joy than about persecution. They speak more to us about our relationship with God than they do the difficulties we find in our culture because of our relationship with God. This, these beatitudes want us to focus on our relationship with God, not the culture around us. Okay? Okay? As I was thinking about how to describe this passage and how to communicate it, I began to think about my own life and, and how that in my life, in good times and in bad, I can survive the good and I can soar in the bad when I am close to the one who loves me. Now, y'all said amen like you think I'm talking about God. I didn't start with God. I started with Edie. You see, in good times and bad, I don't need a lot of people around me, but I, I'm desperate for Edie. She has my heart. In the worst of days and in the best of days, I need Edie. Why? Because I know that joy, satisfying joy, flows through relationship, not through circumstance. 
Many of us, all of us at different times, we want good circumstances, and if we have comfortable circumstances or good circumstances or things are going our way, then we say, I have joy. But the minute something goes awry, in the minute something happens that doesn't go our way, in the minute we have bad circumstances, even so bad as we're being persecuted, we say, no more joy. But I can tell you, I've walked through bad times. I've walked through hard times. I've walked through the most difficult of days, and it was Edie holding my hand that brought me joy that satisfies my soul. And that is because joy, satisfying joy flows through relationships, not circumstances. If that premise were not true, then all the Hallmark movies would be naught. My goodness, even Hallmark gets this truth. That when the flood hits and it ruins the crops, that honey bear is okay because Bill has come home from New York to live in Evergreen with honey bear. Joy flows through relationship, not through circumstances. Now, until we get that truth deep in our heart, we will fail to experience God's blessing even in persecution. What Jesus wants us to see in this passage, I believe, in these two Beatitudes, I believe He wants us to see first and foremost that the supreme source of satisfying joy is not our circumstances, The supreme source of satisfying joy is God Himself. You see, God is the goal. God is the goal of the gospel. The good news that we celebrate, the good news and glad tidings that the angels talked about in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, it was good news of great joy. Why? Because Jesus had come to bring sinners who are far from God into relationship with God, to bring them into the family of God. God didn't send Jesus just to rescue you from hell and get you to heaven. God sent Jesus so that you and I could be part of his family, so that we could live in nearness to him, Psalm 16, 11. In your presence, O God, is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, listen. You want to have a satisfying joy, then you need to go to God because he is the supreme source to bring joy that satisfies you into your life. And apart from relationship with God, all other joys will be like little tasty tidbits that give us a taste of something but never really satisfies. You and I want to experience the blessing of joy regardless the circumstance. And that can only come in relationship with God, in nearness to Him. 
the supreme source of joy, of a satisfying joy, is found in relationship with God himself. Which begs the question, do you have that relationship with God? You don't have the relationship with God naturally. In conversations with individuals, even this past week, I've, I've talked to people who said, well, you know, I've always believed in God, and that's, that makes me a, a Christian, right? My granddaddy, he was a preacher. That makes me a Christian, right? That brings me into God's family, right? And the answer is no, it doesn't. I'm a Baptist preacher and the son of a Baptist preacher, and I'm still lost in my sin until I'm still lost in the shame and guilt that my sin has created until I see that Jesus is the good news of great joy that brings me into relationship with God. Until I see that Jesus literally died for my sin upon a cross to build a bridge between me, a sinner, and God who is holy, That Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, came on this mission of love, which God sent him, and he died for me in my place, taking the punishment that my sin demanded and deserved. Until I see Jesus as my only hope for joyful living, my only hope for relationship with God, And until I come to Jesus by faith and trust him, until I turn from every other pursuit that I have been seeking to satisfy my soul, until I come to Jesus by faith and turn away from my sin, cry out for the rescuing love of God to cover me with his grace, I am lost. I am far from God. And I do not have the blessing of joy. I will not experience the fullness of joy because I cannot be in the presence of God. My sin has created a chasm that I cannot cross. But God has loved you and me so much that he sent Jesus to rescue us. And today, if you're uh, listening to this or in this room or online, if you have yet to embrace Jesus Christ as your rescuer and as your Lord, then I invite you here and now to become a follower of Jesus, to cry out to God in faith, saying, God, I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin has separated me from you. I believe that Jesus is my only hope, that he is your son that you sent him to die for my sin upon a cross so that I might be fit for your family. And I commit myself to become a faithful follower of Christ. I commit all that I am to you, O God. Will you rescue me right now? Will you forgive my sin and give me a new life, a new heart, a new mind? Will you bring me into your family? And the Bible says that when you by faith repent your sin and call upon God for that kind of rescue, you can be saved. You can be brought near to God. And friends, that is your only hope to find the blessing of joy because 
God himself is the supreme source of satisfying joy. So when Jesus is talking about blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, he's saying first and foremost, you need a relationship with God if you're going to find the fullness of joy. The second thing we see in this passage is not only is God the supreme source of satisfying joy, but walking in obedience to God brings satisfying joy. Now, this is for followers of Christ. When we understand that joy, satisfying joy, flows through relationship, and the greatest relationship that brings the greatest joy is relationship with God, then we want to walk near to God. When Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, he was saying, here's what needs to happen for you and for me to experience the blessing of joy. You need to walk the path of righteousness. Walking the path of righteousness, again, is not a political statement. It's not even a cultural statement. It's a relational statement. It is a statement that says, I'm going to live my life for the pleasure of the one who gives me joy. I'm going to live my life in the conduct that brings a smile to the face and the heart of the one who has given me life. If we're going to experience joy in this life, in good days and in bad days, then we must walk the path that God sets before us, found in His Word. We must live in concert with His will. And Jesus said it this way, John chapter 15, verse 9 through 11. You don't have to turn there, but you might write it down in the margin of your Scripture or make a note on your uh, digital Bible. John 15, 9 through 11. This is what the relationship is between righteousness and joy. Jesus said this. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. You abide in my love when you obey my commandments, just as I have obeyed my my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I speak to you now so that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. You see the relationship there? As we obey, we taste joy. As we obey the heart and mind and will of God revealed in His Word, unveiled by His Spirit to our daily experience, we taste joy. Even in good days, even in bad days, even under persecution, we taste joy. Walking in obedience to God brings satisfying joy. Now, what is crazy about this is many times and throughout history of the church, walking in obedience to God brought persecution. That's what Jesus is pointing at here. He's preparing his disciples. He said, there's going to be a day when uh, following the will of God is going to mean you will be persecuted. You will experience the white-hot heat of persecution because you are walking in obedience to God. And yet there is the joy. 
It's not the absence of bad times. It is the presence of God that gives us joy. Joy, satisfying joy, flows through relationship. The greatest joy comes through our greatest relationship, and that is with God. So if we're going to find the fullness of joy, it's found in the nearness of God. And as we walk in obedience to God, then we walk hand in hand with God. See, the opposite of obedience is rebellion or pride or disobedience, right? And you know what that is? That's stiff-arming God. That's taking your hand out of his. You might be his child, but you're rebelling against him. There is no joy in rebellion. But there is joy in obedience, regardless the circumstances that swirl around us. The supreme source of satisfying uh, satisfying joy is God himself. Walking in obedience to God brings satisfying joy. So the third thing is Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize today and every day, this morning and tomorrow morning. Keep your eye on the prize. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's a phrase that if you're an athlete or an entrepreneur or uh, you've been alive, you've heard that phrase, keep your eye on the prize. What it means is endure the tough times for the goal that brings great joy. If you're an Olympic athlete, keep your eye on the prize. It's a gold medal in the Olympics. There are other steps to get there, but that's the goal. So keep your eye on the prize. When we take our eye off the prize, we start focusing on the pain. When we take our eye off the prize, we start focusing on the discomfort. So much so that even in our pain and even in our discomfort, the pain and discomfort become the ruling principle of our life. And we begin to decide, if I could just get rid of this pain, I'll find joy. No. Joy comes through relationship with God and being obedient and faithful to Him. So keep your eye on the prize. Don't lose obedience and faithfulness to God so that you can find a little comfort today. And this is how Jesus described it, verses 11 and 12 of chapter 5. He said, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And they persecuted the prophets in the same way. You see, Jesus is calling us to look forward to the joy of the goal achieved, the joy of living in nearness to God. And when persecution hits and people say ugly things about us because we are living the character of Jesus Christ in our everyday life, we still find joy. Even in suffering, even when people call us names, even when people say, well, you're backward or you're, you're uh, illiterate or you're uh, bigoted or, or, or you're uh, 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 all kinds of other things. No matter what they say, as long as I, I and we are walking in concert with the will of God in faithfulness and obedience to Him, we keep our eye focused on the joy that is ours, the reward of heaven's applause, the goodness of God in this moment all the way from here to eternity.
This is how Jesus did it. This is how Jesus, the happiest man who ever lived, the most joy-soaked person who ever walked this earth, this is how Jesus did it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The writer of Hebrews says, Set your gaze upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now listen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is how Jesus lived obediently and faithfully and joyfully, even as he was hanging upon a cross, even as he was being beaten and bruised on our behalf, even as he was dying for crimes he never committed, crimes that I had done that were laid upon his back. Jesus had joy because he was keeping his eye on the prize. Father, he said, I have finished the work you've given me to do. He has brought eternal life to sinners like you and me. When we wake up in the morning, we watch the news, or we read the paper, or we go through social media, and we see all the words and phrases and statements and, and philosophies that cause us great fear. Do not be distracted, but rather be focused. Keep your eye on the prize, and we will have joy every step of our journey, even under persecution. Persecution hits those who are faithful to God, and it's persecution that most of us have never really experienced. Some of us have, but none of us have been murdered for our faith in Jesus Christ. Most of us have not been jailed for our faith in Jesus Christ. Some of us have been called names because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For God has prepared a great reward for those who walk obediently before him. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because God's goodness sustains us even in the season of suffering. The first step to satisfying joy is to find a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And as we come to the close of this these Beatitudes, I, I just want to encourage you. I, I beg you. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have not yet turned from your sin, placed your faith in Jesus, if you haven't walked across the bridge that his cross has built for you into God's family, I beg you, choose Christ today. The supreme source of satisfying joy is found in relationship with God. 
If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, stop looking for an ease of your difficult circumstances to somehow resurrect joy in your life. But rather, find your joy in your relationship with God. I, I don't want to paint a, bad, a, a picture that's untrue. I don't want to go through bad circumstances to you. I mean, my goodness, I don't want to be persecuted. Do you? I don't want to suffer for the sake of Christ. Not really. Do you? I don't want to go through bad times. I'm not willingly searching them out. But I want to be so wrapped up in my relationship with God that when suffering hits or persecution strikes, I will know that joy comes not because I'm in good circumstances or bad circumstances, joy comes because I walk hand in hand with the God who loves me, sustains me, secures me, comforts me, empowers me. Today, do all that you can to stay close to God. That's where joy resides. The last thing I would say is, as we um, close out is if you take a few, uh, a journey through a few paragraphs of the Sermon on the Mount, you see how Jesus tells us to respond to those who persecute us. Some of you feel like that you're being persecuted, and, and you may be. I, I'm not saying that you're not. I'm just saying you feel that. You feel that persecution. But if we're going to walk the path of obedience, we need to respond to the persecution the way Jesus commands us. How do you respond to the persecution that you feel that you're experiencing? Is it with anger? Is it with fighting? Is it looking to earthly power to somehow secure your today or tomorrow? Is it responding in ugly toward those who are ugly toward you? I just want to tell First Norfolk today, there is a way for us to respond, and it may not be the way you are doing it, or I am doing it. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. Just skim down there. It's the same sermon he's preaching. He's finished the Beatitudes. He's talked about marriage and the law and murder, about going the second mile. Now look at Matthew 5, beginning of verse 43. Jesus says, this is Jesus talking, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good 
to those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. Love, bless, do good, and pray. That must be the response of the church under persecution. It must be, because Jesus said it must be. This is what it looks like to be sons and daughters of God. Would you bow your heads with me, please? This morning, if you desire to become a follower of Jesus Christ, you've looked at the course of your life and you understand that uh, you've been counting on something to make you right with God or bring you into God's family, but it's not faith in Jesus Christ. It may be a religious journey that you've taken. It may be um, uh, a morality that you've embraced. Uh, It may be an ethic that you hold on to or philosophy that you pursue, but somehow you think that some of those things are going to make you fit for God's family, but today you recognize that there's nothing that you and I can do to make us right with God in our own strength, in our own power, in our own pursuit. And this morning, you've come to the place where you recognize that Jesus is your only hope. You believe that Jesus died for your sin to build a bridge across which you can walk into God's family. God draws you to himself right now, and he is awakening in your mind and your heart the ability and the courage to place your faith in Jesus as your only hope. If that's who you are, I I invite you, uh, whether you're in the room or online, I invite you to text Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to the number on the screen. Or you can email pastor at firstnorfolk.org. Just say, I'm ready to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And we will help you on that journey. If you are a follower of Christ, I want to encourage you to find your joy, not in comfortable circumstances, but to find your joy first and foremost in your relationship with God, which means you'll walk in obedience to Him because you don't want to be distanced from joy, which means you'll keep your eye on the prize and you'll follow closely the will of God in your everyday life. You'll endure the struggle, the suffering, the persecution because God is your goal. Father, in these moments, we're thankful for Jesus because He alone has given us life, and purpose. It is in Him alone that we can find a relationship with You. And it's in that relationship that we find satisfying joy regardless our circumstance. 
So now I pray that you would give us the courage to walk in concert with your will. I pray that you would be with those online or in the room who are pursuing you and longing to enter into a relationship with you through faith in Christ. I pray that you give them the courage to send that text or write that email. And I pray for your church today that we would respond to those who persecute us with love and with blessing and with goodness and with prayer. Convict our hearts, encourage us, and give us joy as we sing praise to you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray.